Welcome to the DGR Podcast. I'm your host, David Gray. Hello guys, David here. Welcome back to the DGR Podcast. I hope you're all doing well. I'm going to do a solo podcast today. I'm just back from Italy. Uh, This is episode number 38. Uh, I'm a little bit out of practice, actually, because you you hopefully have been listening every week, but I haven't recorded an episode in a few weeks because those episodes that we put up last week and the week before with Yuri and Alice got really good feedback, feedback actually, but um, I had we had them previously recorded. So it's been a few weeks since I, I recorded an episode. Episode 38, hope, hope everyone is good. Um, I'm going to do a solo podcast today, so I put up a Q&A on Instagram. Honestly, highly recommend doing Q and A's if you're interested in 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 Instagram and uh, getting a bit of clout from there. What better way to know what people like? What what do people want you to talk about? Everyone's always figure trying to figure this out. What should I talk about? Just ask people. Put up a Q and A and then talk about the things that they are asking you. And even in like Instagram story, yeah, of course you can answer them in the Instagram story, or you can answer it in a post, or you can answer it on a podcast or whatever. So um, easy content there. So I'm going to answer some of those questions. Um, here is a couple. One is about scaps. So I put up a few different things about scaps recently, and I got lots of questions about that, of course. So scaps that is scaps that wiggle the same concept concept as scaps that are high and wide. So I put up two posts recently, one about scaps that wiggle and one about scaps that are high, get high and wide. Uh, the high and wide one was only yesterday or the day before, I think. So I'll talk about, a bit about that. That could take a while, to be honest, but I think that's an interesting one. And like, you don't, see this stuff anywhere else really so i think it's that doesn't mean like just because it's novel ish doesn't mean it's super important necessarily but i think it's really important and um just because you haven't heard about it before either doesn't mean it's not important i I think it is really important uh the other one what is something about social media so i'll answer that as well and then another one about prehab so i have a few other ones but we'll see how long it goes on i always say like okay this is going to be a short podcast and then it goes on for ages because i i I talk too much probably but then again it is a podcast where i'm supposed to talk so um so yeah it, it was absolutely brilliant loved it i don't really love city breaks usually i would prefer to be like I don't know, out by the beach. Not actually, I don't really lie down by the beach either, to be honest. So what what do I like? I like I like like kind of adventurous little holidays where there's a mix of sun and sea and pool and food and drink and all that stuff. And city breaks usually don't do it for me, but Rome was unbelievable. I would definitely like I left Rome and I was thinking I'd go back to Rome like in a few months' time or next year easily, no problem at all. Um really, really good. Now it was very hot at some points or most of the time to be honest it was really really hot um but the, in fairness in fairness to Rome like everywhere has very good aircon first of all so like you're just nipping into shops and cafes and restaurants and all that stuff so it all has good aircon outside they have them fans that blow the like mist at you as well so they're quite nice I will say and there's also like big high tall buildings where so you're rarely walking in the sun that much you're always in the shade now obviously it's humid and it's hot but you're in the shade at least so you won't get sunburned now what i will say is we won't get sunburned anyway because for for the last 10 years kira has been saying 
so basically I came back from Italy with zero tan, which is disappointing because I'm going to be going to the States in a couple of weeks. And here's Roxy choking on something. Okay, Roxy. Sorry. So it is disappointing because we're going to the States in a couple of weeks and it might have been nice to have a little bit of a tan going. But Kira was like so warning me about getting sunburnt in, in the sun in Italy, which is fair enough. And for 10 years, she's been saying she never tans. She never tans. All she gets is a couple of freckles and she stays like white all the time. I actually listened to her for the first time ever and like let her put sun cream on me and put sun cream on myself whenever she told me, which was 50 times a day. And it's factor 50. Guess what? Within like about a week in, I said, Kira, I don't tan either now. And it's because she's just using too much sun cream. So I don't know what the moral of the story is. Like, there must be a fine line between actually getting a nice tan and getting some sun on your skin and absolutely laddering your and and, and like and and getting cancer is the other end of the spectrum. So, like, there must be a fine line. But um, from now on, I won't listen to Kira who says she can't actually tan. I presume she can tan. She just ladders herself in sun cream. So anyway, that's uh, that's neither that's neither here nor there. Um, so Rome was phenomenal. Like Colosseum, I heard people saying it was overrated before. It, it's not like a the outside of it like blow blows your mind to see it inside. It's it's very good. It's definitely like if you're in Rome, you're going to go to see the Colosseum and it's definitely worth it. Um, and obviously I did that little picture with Russell Crowe in there. So I thought that was funny. And Russell Crowe was actually in Rome at the same time we were in Rome and he was in the Colosseum the morning um, a few hours before we were there. So unfortunately, I didn't see Russell Crowe, but Colosseum was very good. The Vatican was phenomenal. The Vatican was absolutely brilliant. Like we had a tour guide there, most relaxed Italian man ever, like lounging around. And he had a little flag. No, sorry. All the other tour guides had these big long flags to, to, to wave to their group. He had a little piece of paper and he just tore a little corner on the piece of paper. So it stuck out and he was just sticking that up in the air. And obviously you have your earpiece and he was saying, um, look at my flag, follow my flag. Uh, this is all he kept saying for the tour, obviously in between when he was explaining things. But the Vatican was unbelievable. I'm embarrassed to say we didn't go to St. Peter's Basilica. We kept saying, so the first, that, that day we were in the Vatican, we had to, we had dinner or something booked. So we couldn't go that day. And we said, we'd go back the next day. And then we said, we'd go back the next day. So we didn't make it back there. It's a good excuse to go back to Rome because that is actually maybe, so according to a lot of people, that's supposed to be the best thing to see. So that was great. Trevi Fountain was cool. The Pantheon was cool. Colosseum was cool. Uh, the Vatican was phenomenal. The Sistine Chapel was unbelievable. I sat in there for about half an hour. I actually, cause, cause he gave us a story before we went in of like, this is, this is all the different, um, paintings on the ceiling, blah, blah, blah. This means this, this means this. And like, that was honestly, that was brilliant. So apart from that, like food and drink was amazing. I have put on a few kilos, unfortunately, which is disappointing because like I'm going to be teaching in America in a couple of weeks time. I was trying to get back in shape. I got out of shape over COVID because I was on like a few different reasons. Like I don't want to make excuses, but I was working like 18 hours online all day because our business was just doing really well. And I just wanted to ride that wave. And I was having like also some neuro problems from concussions and, um, and, um, double vision stuff that I had and like that got really bad around that time and training just felt disgusting for me like if I trained I'd, I could have a headache for three days after it so like I got I got out of shape for the first time ever and then I got back 
in better shape before the wedding not not great but like better I lost some weight and um then like since the wedding like we've had a wedding and we just had barbecues and drinks with people and then Italy and all that stuff so it's disappointing that I'm not going to be in as good a shape and have a nice tan going to America but like what can I do is what it is um I'll just fix it when I come back from there um so yeah we went to a friend's wedding in Orvieto then which is a little bit north of Rome and then we went down south to the Amalfi coast which was unbelievable I definitely go back there as well so like Rome was unreal wedding was unreal Amalfi coast was unreal very like in fairness very expensive um for the for the whole trip but I always have to just kind of remind myself like we're making we're making memories here that's what we're doing just just enjoy it like if it's an extra if you know if something is an extra if getting a boat there is an extra 50 euro rather than a taxi like which is going to be 20 euro just get the boat you know you know like i know i know that sounds easy for me to say because some people might not have that option but like that's just mindsets around money that i'm I don't know. I just need to snap out of a little bit. Some people like have very little money and they still make the most of these experiences and stuff like that. So I just always try and not that I'm like, I don't want that to come off, come across as I'm like cheap or anything like that. It's just, if it was for someone else, I'd happily pay it. But for myself, I'm sometimes like, Oh no, we won't bother, blah, blah, blah. But actually, no, we should. Cause, um, why else are we working so hard? So, um, okay. Some of the questions. So. I'll go straight into the social media one because I'm kind of half talking about that. And it was basically, how do you manage to stay active on social media while you're on holidays? Do you have a social media person or do you ever take a break from it? Uh, The answer is I don't have a social media person. And I don't really take a break from it. I do back off a lot, uh, a good bit when I'm on holidays, obviously. Like you don't see as much content from me. The podcasts were pre-recorded that we were that we put up. Uh, obviously, every podcast is pre-recorded, but these were like recorded while I was still at home, so I wasn't recording podcasts while, while I was away. Um, I have some posts planned, but I don't I don't like wait to publish them, or I don't have them planned to publish or anything like that. I have just some posts in my mind that I will put up while I'm over there, and I obviously back off a lot on stories and stuff like that. If it was just me on my own. I would I would like just sack off social media probably completely while I was on holidays. But we're we're a business now. And I always have to say this to myself and say this to Kira. And like we, we talk about this as well. There is like a third person in this relationship. So it's me, it's Kira. And the business is like this other person that we always need to not always. Sorry, but like we need to consider when we're talking about life and stuff right so that the business is the third person the business also needs to get fed and looked after and nourished and and helped to grow and all of this stuff it can't be neglected so this is a really important concept and this is something that i think about and it's something that's very helpful the business has several stakeholders in it i'm a stakeholder here is a stakeholder everyone listening to this podcast like customers are and clients are stakeholders alice and Chris, who work with us, are stakeholders, the people who edit the podcast, the people who uh, write the show notes, the people who just consume social media and actually aren't buying anything from us at the moment or whatever. They are stakeholders, the people who learn stuff from us and are in our members. They are all stakeholders and they're all like we want to remember that we are trying to serve them in some way shape or form all of the time and the only way the business will continue to grow is if we look after our stakeholders just like any other business or any other club it has to look after stakeholders so when i am on holidays 
I can back off on social media, but unfortunately, the thing, fortunately or unfortunately, the thing with social media is it's like a TV show. And once you have decided to turn on a TV show and start watching it, you need another episode. Like if you love a TV show, you need to have new episodes all of the time that you want to consume. You can't just leave a TV show hanging and like there's not another episode to say what's the next thing what's the, what's happened next what happens next what happens next so social media that's how i view it it is a tv show and every day is a new episode on uh, like well depending on how often you post i don't post every day but like most days there needs to be a new episode with new information and new value for people that people enjoy or a podcast or whatever so unfortunately or fortunately however however way you want to look at it social media is a tv show and just because i'm on holidays the tv show can't just get cancelled if it was just me maybe i would i probably would but because we have so many stakeholders i can't like you can't just let them hang i can't just have no new members coming in and like they're not they're not going to be there's not going to be people going to chris's classes or like just not doing social media and like alice gets no bookings or you know whatever or or us like or we're 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 like we just feel like we're taking from the business by taking our wages but not actually putting anything else back in so that's the answer I, i i don't I don't, I don't take a break. I back off a little bit and I, I back off a lot, but I make sure I keep going with it because once you turn on the TV, TV show, I recommend saying this is why like people shouldn't necessarily just say, I'm just going to start going mad on social media because like you have to remember if you're going to turn it on, you can't ever. Well, I don't know. I don't know about ever, but like you really don't want to turn it off. Um, you can't you can't afford to turn it off if if it becomes a big part of your business. So this is why maybe you shouldn't turn it on in the first place. All right. Um, secondly, what do you think about prehab? Is it worthwhile? This is a big question. So I suppose where prehab is worthwhile is obviously pre-op. So someone's going in to do their someone's going in to get an ACL reconstruction and like. They should train before that and build up their quads and get as strong as they possibly can before that. So that's that's quite worthwhile. If you even want to call that prehab, I wouldn't even call that prehab. I would just say you're just get, you're strength training up until that point. Okay, so like Dini was with his ACL, um, he was scheduled to go in and get a little bit of a meniscus clean out, like halfway through or or just after halfway through the our rehab process after he got the ACL done because whatever the surgery didn't like clean up the the meniscus issue as much as it could have or whatever. Um, so like before that was scheduled, so he had two weeks, he was going to be going in there in, in two weeks time or something like that. He was just having a niggle that just wouldn't go away. And I just said, I don't, don't, don't think it was two weeks. It was like a week. I said, basically I'm going to get you to go heavy back squatting every single day for the next week because even though it's a very minor procedure and it's only going to take you like, it's only going to take you two weeks to recover from it. And hopefully we'll be back where we started. There's going to be inhibition. You're going to lose a bit of muscle, not even the muscle, but there's going to be a bit of inhibition. There's going to be like coordinative damage. There's going to be another scar there, all of that stuff. So like, we're going to get as strong as possible. So what do, what do I think about prehab is like, I think that's important, but I just don't call that prehab. I just call that strength training. Turns out in the end, he actually didn't need to get it because he responded really well to the work we were doing as prehab for his knee. And 
it's he didn't need it so it, we just said okay we're just going to keep plowing ahead so um so that's what i kind of think about prehab in that way apart apart from that like i don't i don't i, I wouldn't ever really use the word prehab for healthy athletes a lot of people talk about prehab like for healthy athletes there's a few things to kind of break down in that regard prehab for healthy athletes it doesn't it doesn't really make sense like they're not gonna you're not gonna get buy-in by talking about prehab this is why like when you see people doing the glute band stuff pre-activation and people call it prehab athletes are just well there's a few reasons but athletes are just like going through the motions completely there's a few reasons for that one is like they've done it a million times before Two is it's not actually challenging them in any way, shape or form. So they can just have a conversation with their friend as they do it. If you can have a conversation with your friend, as you do a movement that is supposed to be helping you, then it's very likely that like, it's not helping you at all because there is no challenge. There's no reason for the system to actually pay attention when there isn't a reason for the system to pay attention. It's not going to, it's not going to cause any adaptation whatsoever, in my opinion. So like, uh I, I anyway aside from that like there 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 is no buy in here with with prehab so don't bother i wouldn't bother using that word at least they're interested in one thing which is performance performance they want to perform better and that's how you should that's how you should kind of sell that as performance training strength training performance training this is going to make you better at your sport or whatever the hell a person wants to do no one really cares about protecting from injuries no one really like no one really cares about that people say they do but like they they don't get motivated enough by that to actually to actually train hard People, people train hard for performance. They want to be able to jump higher or sprint faster. They want to picture themselves lifting that cup. They want to like get the adulation of fans or whatever. They want to run that mile faster than they did before. They're not thinking about... The only time they think about injuries is when they're injured or when they have a niggle that's preventing them for, from performing. But that is still not... Uh, they still don't care about the pain. People think athletes care about pain I played through pain, like the most disgusting pain for years and years and years. I didn't care about the pain. It was what the pain was stopping me doing, which was actually playing to a level that I wanted to play play at. That goes for not just athletes, but any client that walks into your clinic, they don't care about pain. Even though they're on about my back pain, my back pain, my back pain, it's what their back pain is stopping them from doing. So you still need to focus on performance, even if it's a 60-year-old woman just or whatever. I don't mean to like single out a 60 year old woman but probably not an athlete or a 60 year old man you you need to think about what the pain is stopping them from doing so it's it's performance that you're focusing on even if that means us playing with our grandkids like that is performance for them so that's what you need to focus on that's what motivates people getting them back to what they love not trying to protect them from an injury talking about prehab and injury prevention promotes a like a fragility mindset where people are afraid to do things and because I'll get injured or if I don't do this I will get injured which might actually have some kind of nocebo effect and actually leads them to getting injury injured because they're so afraid of the movement in the first place so with regards to like buy-in uh it doesn't make sense with regards to like how I would categorize things I would categorize things as like strength training mobility training power training more coordinative training, uh, speed training, things like that. Now, even though, and I think I maybe spoke about this on another podcast, but even though like 
don't you can't really separate things in that way if you do want to separate things into different categories then like it's easier to separate things into strength mobility speed power things like that categories like that and i just don't see where like the prehab category actually actually fits in am i what am i what am i working on which one of those things am i working on if i want to categorize things i would say it's none of them just call it strength training or speed training or whatever and then like that's 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 a good way of categorizing it that's a good way of getting buy-in from your clients as well the the one thing i will say where prehab kind of comes in is if you're selling fear so if, if if you're choosing a business model, first of all, choose a business model, right? That and this, this I don't want this to sound like a business chat, but like this is relevant to the industry we're in. If you're choosing a business model, choose a business model that either helps people perform better or helps people get out of pain or rehabs injuries, right? I chose the more rehab route. Um, and people are motivated by that. They are motivated by not being able to do the thing they do. They're not motivated by pain, as I said before. They're motivated by not being able to think that they doing the thing that they want to be able to do. So you can choose two two categories: rehab and like physio is 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 a surefire way to like do really well and make some good money for for the most part. The sh- the shittest chiropractors in the world are making serious money because people are coming into them a lot because they can't do the things that they want to be able to do. That goes for every other therapist and stuff as well. So that's the easiest way to make like decent money performance is harder like there is a lot of people in the gym training there's a lot like the market is flooded obviously as well it is a bit harder to stand out in the performance world but there is physios and chiros and osteos on every single corner of every street in the world and they're they're jam-packed and they're doing absolute dog crap with people a lot of them but they're still really busy whereas trainers are 10 a penny they come into the industry for a couple of years and then they leave again so performance is a little bit is a little bit harder to motivate people and maybe harder to to charge as well now, where prehab kind of comes in business-wise is you're not going to be able to sell prehab unless you do it incredibly unethically, like let's say the GOTA guys are doing where, um, and I don't usually call people out, like, and this isn't a call out by any means, but like they will say, if you don't do what we do, what we're saying you do, you will have a career-ending injury. As we all know, like you can't predict injuries. And as we all know, this, the things they do is 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 dog crap for the most part. So like that's what they're saying. They're putting up videos of ACL tears, Achilles ruptures. And they're saying this is because you didn't train the way that we train. That's what that's what they're saying. There, there was a sponsored ad on my um, on my Instagram feed from them uh, maybe a year ago. And it was a video of one of their trainers or something. And they were saying, if you run, if you don't run like this, which he was running with like feet turned in straight, it turned in, not even straight. It was like, it was the worst looking run I've ever seen. Um, If you don't run like this, and if you run with your feet turned out at all, that is the cause, not even like that could be the cause or part of the cause that is the cause of knee pain. Great way to motivate people. Great way to get people to pay attention because if anyone has knee pain and they see that ad, they're going to look down and if their feet are turned out at all, they've just realized, I know the cause of my knee pain now. I'm going to go to these people to fix it. So like, if you're going to sell prehab, which is if you get in, if you, if you like there's a good chance you're going to get injured if 
you don't train in this way and in the way we're we're saying to do things that is like that is selling fear so fear is another great way of making sales evoking emotion is a great way of making sales so like making sales by helping someone to get to professional level athlete and all the money and fame and acclaim that comes along with that there's a lot of people doing a good job selling that no problem there um like they're, they're, they're just posting like that's what people who post with professional basketball players let's say oh look at me working with this professional basketball player and now I have a program if you're interested in becoming a professional basketballer this is the right program for you like that's effectively they are selling that that path and to acclaim by saying you could be like this person if you did this program effectively that's what they're doing they're selling they're selling that kind of emotion rehab and physio are selling the emotion of like getting people out of pain and getting people back to doing what they they love doing even if they don't realize that even if they're focusing on the pain there's still the underlying thing of we're going to help you get back to playing tennis or going for a run with your friends or playing with your grandkids at least that's what they should be selling because that's what actually keeps people motivated and helps them get better um and then the other thing to sell is fear and it's not it's not something that i would consider selling i think it's very very unethically but it will sell faster than any of the other things because you can just hammer hammer at home so um so that's what i think about some of the things prehab at least hey guys kira here a quick break from the podcast just to remind you about our upcoming workshops that's our lower limb biomechanics rehab and performance workshop our next workshop will be in clearwater florida that's on the third and fourth of september that's coming up so soon and we're very excited about it but the tickets are almost sold out so make sure to act fast if you're interested we're in malmo in sweden on the 19th and 20th of november and then into next year we've got sydney on the 11th and 12th of, of february we will have melbourne available very soon but the others are available on our website to buy right now so check it out and all the details are on there as well that's it but apart from that i wanted to say ignore everything david says about sunscreen and our holiday while he is a great teacher and the workshops will be amazing his advice on pretty much anything else should be taken very lightly that's it have a great day back to the podcast okay last question is scaps that wiggle the same concept as scaps that are high and wide so what i would recommend doing if you can is having a look at my instagram uh because i have two posts there that i put up and that's what these two posts are in reference to so let me just have a, a quick look so there's one spine and ribcage mobility is like the thumbnail on it i put that up uh yesterday and then let me see Oh, I have shoulder blades need to wiggle. It's a black, it's a black, um, it's a black post with white writing. Shoulder blades need to wiggle. And that was put up on the 17th of July. And then if you swipe across, you see a picture and a video of Kira. It's just while she's walking and her shoulder blades are kind of jiggling and wiggling on her back as she goes for a walk. So someone is asking, are they the same concept? Uh, yes and no, they're the same concept. If and I just put up a video on the member site about this um, yesterday as well. The scaps getting high and wide. So if you're a member, go and watch that. And if you're not a member, sign up. Make sure you sign up and go and watch that. It's 20 minutes on scaps that get high and wide and get and getting scaps high and wide and what that means for us and stuff. So I, I would recommend going and watching that. And like it's it is important. Like it is it is really important. So 
they're kind of, yeah, they're kind of the same thing because scaps getting high and wide and scaps that wiggle. If scaps are retracted and depressed down, they won't wiggle. They're not sitting actually on the rib cage. Um, and they're just pushing the spine forward. So like even you, if you're sitting down or you're walking and you just pull your shoulder blades down and squeeze them together, feel how your spine pushes forward and everything around the back of your body actually just braces and squeezes together. That pushes your spine forward. Now, when you go for a walk or a run, they aren't going to wiggle. There's no relative motion there. They're not going to like jiggle and, and move in opposition to each other. Just like when your left leg swings forward, your right leg is back. And you, so left leg in front, when I'm walking, right leg behind, right hand in front, left arm behind. So this is this alternation. This is the same alternation that you should see at the scaps when someone walks or runs or does a lot of things, this uh, reciprocation where one is more protracted, one is more retracted, one is more elevated, one is more depressed, one is more upwardly rotated, one more downwardly rotated. You see this opposition at the scaps. That's what I mean by wiggling because that opposition of even if you just sit there and think, okay, I'm going to depress one scap down and I'm going to elevate the other scap. Can you now feel, if you now depress your right scap down and elevate your left scap, can you feel how that laterally flexes your spine to the right, that side bends your spine to the right? So depressing one and elevating the other side bends me to the right, which also helps me hike up my right side of my pelvis. So it closes off the right side of my rib cage. So that that is like, reciprocation alternation at the scapula when people are more depressed and more attracted on both the spine gets pushed forward the the scaps aren't really resting on the ribcage before anymore and they actually just get locked into place so that's um that's scaps that don't wiggle because they're not high and wide in the first place right so when i put up the post of scaps getting high and wide this isn't uh I say, and I, I, again, like go and watch this because this isn't, it's hard to speak about, but this isn't just elevation of the scapula. Like I can just shrug my shoulders. If, if everyone just shrugs their shoulders up to their ears and like pulls their scaps up with them, they're not sitting on the rib cage either now. They're just like kind of floating in space, but up higher. They're actually almost disconnected from the entire body there. So that's not like when I say high and wide, that's not what I mean either. There is a skill to getting them high and wide, but getting them to pull out high and wide gets gets them kind of out of the way of the spine gets them to rest a bit wider on the rib cage it doesn't push the spine forward it doesn't push the spine too much back either although there is a bit of retraction of the rib cage that comes along with that not depression of the rib cage which is what will happen to a lot of people when they elevate their shoulders come up and over and their sternum drops down in front so scaps won't wiggle if they don't get high and wide where i will where i will go first with people if they are attracted and depressed like that is I will get them, I will teach them that concept first of getting scaps high and wide. And that's usually enough to start to get them to wiggle because they're now gliding over the rib cage. The rib cage has retracted back a little bit and there's space kind of around the middle back and between the shoulder blades. Let's call it from between the shoulder blades down to the bottom of the back of the rib cage. There's space there now. You lose that space when you're retracted and depressed. That part of your spine uh, down to the lumbar spine just gets pushed forward instead. You can actually see this if you look at someone with their top off, you stand behind them and they go for a walk or a run. If you see there's if you you'll see scaps that are kind of retracted and depressed, they won't move on their rib cage and they actually turn like a fridge. They 
their whole body just turns left and right. They might still have arm swing. Don't let the arms confuse you and say, actually, their arms are swinging. Look at their scaps. Look at a video that I put up of Kira and look at how her scaps wiggle on her back. Arm swing doesn't necessarily mean anything good is happening. It's just everything is turning as a chunk. Oftentimes, these people will swing their arms too much to try and generate the motion, but the scaps aren't actually wiggling. So you will, you will see that they arch their back a lot more. So it's it's not the same thing. Um, how can I? How else can I? Or it, it it is the same thing. Sorry, it is the same thing. How else can I kind of illustrate this? Is if you if you put your hands on your chest like. How do I describe this? Like, um, let's say, let's say a girl was in the nip, um, and someone like opened the door and saw the girl in the nip. The first thing she would do now, let, let's pretend she has pants on. She just doesn't have a top on. The first thing she would do is like cup her, cup her boobs, right? So cup your boobs and just hold your hands like that. Now depress your scaps down, your shoulder blades down your back and squeeze them together. And now just twist your body left and right. So rotate left and right. But keep your sh- keep your shoulder blades depressed and retracted back. What you'll actually feel is that a lot of your rotation, it would be easier to do this in standing, by the way, than sitting, but I, I'm going to do it in sitting. Um, what you'll feel is that it's a lot of your rotation comes from your lumbar spine or from like or from like the lowest parts of your T-spine down into your lumbar spine. So you won't feel your T-spine rotate really at all because it's actually driven forward in space and there's just no space for it to rotate because it's so compressed around the back of the rib cage. And when I say T-spine here, I mean rib, I mean the back of the ribs as well. Whereas this time someone just walked in on you, you're a girl in the nip, you grab your boobs and instead of just like elevate and pull your shoulders up to your ears, don't, don't depress or attract either, but just actually kind of let in it like, Let's say we're grabbing our boobs our, our, and we're going to pull our elbows in towards our sides. So my elbows are now touching my sides and I'm actually going to do the opposite of that. I'm going to let my elbows kind of reach out to the sides. But as I do that, as I let my elbows reach out to my sides, my hands are still on my boobs, but I'm going to I'm going to feel my scaps actually pull apart as they do that. So they're going to move away from the spine, move away from each other. Now I'm going to keep them apart and I'm going to just elevate them up my spine just a little bit but i'm actually trying to pull like the back of my ribcage up towards my head as well so don't think of it as just shrugging your shoulders up to your ears think about pulling like the bottom of your scaps up to your ears as your elbows stay out wide and as your hands stay on your boobs stay nice and long there through the back of the spine and the shoulder blades nice and wide and now try and rotate now do a twist where you turn your chest left and right if you're standing you can let your whole body turn and what you'll actually feel is that you get a lot of rotation all the way up to your thoracic spine most people won't get any rotation like in the upper thoracics don't worry about that and that would take a lot more practice and skill and opening up but like through your middle back you rotate more and on between your shoulder blades you rotate more because there's actually space to rotate there now so that would be some kind of a feeling that i could give you without actually coaching you through this of the difference between like trying to rotate on a scap that is on scaps that are retracted and depressed down and funnily enough so many people have scaps that are attracted and depressed down. They, they, they don't realize it. This isn't just like a power lifter thing or things like that. People have one or one scap that's like super, like just resting in a funny position there. And it doesn't take long to clean up. And it's not that it's, this isn't a postural thing where we're like a visual thing. We want it to look like that. It's a, 
it's a opening up space and it's a feeling amazing for your shoulders and your ribs and how you're how you actually walk and how you run and all that stuff so like there's a lot to be said for it hopefully that just mini demo of like trying to rotate in one way versus the other way you can actually feel the difference now imagine like actually being trained to do that properly and opening that up this is actually something that i am considering teaching in our workshops um Obviously, they're lower limb workshops, but it's so important that I'm actually considering having a section where I teach this because like the lower limb is going to suffer if you don't have good arm swing and you don't have space back there. So we are like obviously in the workshops, I am going to talk about the ribs a bit and I'm going to talk about it with regards to like, here's what I might do with someone if their ribs are really um compressed or like just don't move very well in sessions one to three i would try and clean that up as a lot at the same time like even if it was a foot issue or a knee issue or a hip issue so i kind of need i do need to address that in the workshops but even later on um when we get people into up into standing and into the dynamic positions i might need to address this scap stuff a little bit in the workshops as well because I don't want to send people off and they have a full plan to rehab their clients from like nothing all the way back into sprinting, change direction, running, all that stuff. And them to be kind of missing something and not sure what they're missing. Like I've done all the stuff. I have the clinical reasoning. I realize I assessed them well. I did this when I should have done that. Or like, sorry, like I, I, I figured out what things I should have done. And I think I've done everything right. And there's something missing. And actually the missing thing was like, the scaps were jammed. You never got them moving. The breathing stuff didn't do that well enough, which it won't in a lot of cases. It just won't open it up. It needs to be pulled apart, like almost like by your own body, by your own elbows. You need to actually, I don't mean manual therapy. I mean, like actually getting in this position and learning to rotate like that, throwing your body left and right. So I, 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 I have been thinking about this for the last 24 hours. Do I need to put a section on that in? And the reason I mentioned that is just because that's how important I think that stuff is far lower limb, far walking and far running to open up that space. And that's how many athletes that I've and people that I've worked with where they were missing stuff. They had like uh, athletic groin, pubic stuff, uh, knee stuff. And like we just opened up the upper body. We opened up them scaps. We got them scaps high and wide. We got them wiggling. And suddenly their frontal plane at their pelvis came back. Their frontal plane at their spine came back and like the pelvis didn't have to keep going forward into a big huge anterior tilt all the time putting a lot of pressure on the anterior hip and stuff like that so yeah so anyway i feel like i've gone off topic but is the scaps is scaps that wiggle the same concept as scaps that are high and wide yes it is but scaps won't wiggle if they're retracted and depressed so like they have to be high and wide then you might teach them to be able to wiggle but you probably won't need to because once you get them high and wide and get the ribs to retract back a little bit if someone needs this of course then now they're now they're wiggling already all right so wiggle wiggle um Okay, so I think that is the podcast. Hopefully it was good. I have no idea. That could have been a complete flop. But um, but yeah, so DGR Interactive, make sure you join up there. We're after passing 600 members, 604 members now, as far as I can see. Um, or the last time I checked, which is really good. We're on track for the 1,000 members. We're teaching biomechanics in there every single week. If you have about 15 minutes a week, that's the place to be. I'll just, every single week, I'll put up a new video. 
this week I put up that one on the scaps that get high and wide and can wiggle actually so go and watch that promise it'll change how you actually think about scaps and look at scaps and shoulder blades and ribs from now on and it's not something that anyone else is talking about and obviously there's some examples of exercises where I'm coaching someone there and um, that would apply to like a lot of your medicine ball throws and stuff like that as well to be honest and last week I put up an example workout for a narrow ISA so um, there's like an example squat workout so a narrow in for certain angle client um you probably don't want to back squat them they'll just they, they just won't work very it won't work very well for them not that you couldn't but like you don't want to overly do this do that too much i don't think whereas like a wider person will handle that no problem in a lot of cases so back squat away for a lot of them um just don't overdo it either like any exercise not just a back squat but um i put up an example squat workout so what what might you do with a narrow isa and um there's like four squats there and the reasoning behind it and all that stuff so um talk about their sacrum and the position of the sacrum and like nutation counter nutation and boy hopefully that doesn't sound complicated like when you see it super super simple and like why we choose the squats that we choose or i chose the squats that i chose for that client so um so yeah hope that makes sense as always thank you for listening and um give it a share give it a five star if you're on spotify or i think on apple as well you can give some kind of rating and actually what would be nice is um can you leave a little review if you i think only if you're listening on apple you can leave a little review so um just go and write like david love your podcast from john in spain thank you um that that would be really good that, that's really helpful for the charts as well so five star if you're on spotify and a little review if you're on apple and um yeah i gotta go i'll see you guys next week Bye.